Welcome to Soul Rio, a church where God is made center, families made stronger, and lives restored. Today's sermon is entitled, Tis the Season to Participate, presented by Pastor Floyd Silva on December 22nd, 2019. A great service for us. We're going to worship. We're going to celebrate. Uh, we're going to listen to God's word and uh, we're going to rejoice uh, because of the coming Savior, what God did for each and every one of us. It'll be a great time together as a family. So I'd encourage you to, to invite friends, family, and uh, we'll have a great time uh, celebrating the birth of Jesus. And uh, it really is the reason why we celebrate it. It really is this time of year why we come together and do all the things that we do, why we buy gifts, why we encourage one another, how we show love to one another. It's all us. As, as believers, people that uh, love Jesus, that are, are participating in uh, what God has asked us to do and called us to do as the church body. I want to kind of take a, a pause here for a moment before we kind of move towards our message this morning. Because uh, right now we, we have quite a few family members uh, that are, are sick. And uh, if it's okay with you, which uh, you can't argue with me because I'm the pastor. So. <laughs> but uh, I would like to just spend a, take a moment to pray. If we have a, a couple of family members in the hospital right now that are, that are pretty sick. And uh, we also have others that are dealing with health issues right now and that are home resting and trying to recover and, and uh, just a lot of things going on in this season. So, so let's bow our heads and bow our hearts and let's lift up those that are, that are hurting, that are, that are sick right now and just bring them into the presence of God. Father, we thank you for a new day. We thank you for the love, the hope, and the grace that you've offered us through your son, Jesus Christ. Lord, there are, there are people that we love and care for, that you love and care for, Father, that are hurting right now, that are sick and just struggling through a lot going on in this season. We uh, usually come to, to celebrate and to, to discover who you are, Father, but we know in these moments that, that life happens and uh, that there's things that we just cannot control. And, but Father, we know that you control all things, Lord, that you are faithful in all things. And so we want to lift these people up to you. You know them by name, Father. You know where they're at right now. You know the hurt and the sickness and uh, the struggle that they're going through. And Lord, I just pray and we gather together as a, as a church, we pray together as one that you would uh, bring healing, that you'd bring restoration, Father, that, that uh, you would give them grace and peace in this moment, and that you'd comfort them uh, as they go through this season and this struggle and this moment of sickness and hurt and, and in pain. Lord, we love you and we trust you and we believe that you are uh, the God that just loves us so much that will do uh, everything in your power to, to remind us of that love. And so we just come before you together as one body, as your children, as the church, Father. And we lift these people up to you. We love you and we praise you. And we do this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, thank you for listening to me and, that, and uh, praying with me and praying for those. It's such a, an important thing that we do for one another, that we pray together. And I want you to know also on Sunday mornings before our service, we have a group of people that meet uh, throughout the year and they lift up these prayer requests. They pray for one another. They pray for our church. Uh, they pray uh, for you. And uh, so if you'd like to join that, you're welcome to do that. The information is in the bulletin. Uh, it'd be an awesome thing to see more people coming to that than we do on our Sunday morning service. I would be okay with that, just so you know, because I think prayer is, is a great thing. God created us 
to have fellowship with him. And we do that through our prayers, through our moments that we spend in his presence. And so I'd encourage you to think about that, come and do that. And uh, we'll bring our request before our father and we'll pray together. Well, this morning, we're going to kind of wrap up our series that we've called and entitled Tis the Season. And we're going to talk about being a participant in our faith. I think it's an important dynamic for us to kind of come to a place in our walk where we understand our faith, where we understand what we believe, why we believe it, and uh, what we do as Christians as we actively participate in that belief, we participate in our faith. So I think this morning as we open up God's Word, if you would grab your Bibles, turn to the book of James, and we're going to look at chapter 2. We won't cover it all because there is a whole lot in there, but we're going to look at verses 14 through 26 this morning. And my hope is that God would speak to us and He'd help us to remind us that we are participants in our faith. That it's not just about having faith, but it's about living out a faith in Him, that we are actively participating in the faith that we've put in Jesus Christ, in our Lord, our Savior. And the reason why we celebrate this season, the reason, one of the reasons is because of this faith, because of what God has given us through His Son, Jesus Christ. You know, this time of year is, is really a great time of year because it gives us an opportunity to express our faith in ways that we don't always get at other times of year. Would you, would you agree with that? that? That the Christmas season kind of opens up and kind of softens hearts. People are saying Merry Christmas and people are talking about the season. They're excited, you know, they're doing their thing. And we get an opportunity to, ex- to express our faith in the community around us. There's people that will, will come to a church service that normally wouldn't come or they'll come to a Christmas event that they normally wouldn't come to at any other time of year. And so, so you and I as Christians, those of us that put our faith in Jesus Christ, we have this extra special moment, this opportunity at this time of year to express our faith, to live it out, and to show people what our faith really is and what we believe and why we believe it and why we truly celebrate Christmas. It's such a beautiful time of year and it's a great opportunity for you and I to be active in our faith. But we have to realize something, that just because someone comes to a church service or, or because someone comes to a Christmas event, it doesn't necessarily mean that they have a faith in God. It doesn't necessarily mean that they believe in God. It doesn't always mean that they know about the true meaning of Christmas. We have to understand that, that some people come just out of curiosity. Some come just because uh, we've invited them. Some come because they feel obligated because we've pressured them all year and they see it as the one moment, well, yeah, I can go to this because there's going to be food and other stuff and it'll be kind of an easy moment for me to just kind of appease Floyd <laughs> for a moment and come to this event that he's been talking about all year long. But really, we, we have a great opportunity in these moments. And I think sometimes as the church, we, we kind of miss the dynamic or the understanding of the opportunity that we have. We, we kind of get lost in the shuffle. We get kind of busy ourselves as, as, a, as a people. And we, you know, we're focused on all the things that kind of the world teaches us about Christmas. And, and we forget the opportunities about how we have an opportunity to share this faith that we have and to share it with others. And I really think that we have to take these moments, this time of year and use it, use it to our advantage, use it in a way that we're able to share with others about our faith. 
See, there's a dynamic of, of something that we show outwardly, not by just saying what we say or doing what we do, but actually actively showing who we are in, in our faith. And I, there's a passage that Jesus shares with us in Matthew 7 that I think is a, a great one for us to reflect upon. Jesus says in, in Matthew 7, verses 16 and 17, he says that you will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thistles? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. And the reason why I think this, this passage is important for us before we look at what James says is because Jesus is telling us something here very specific in regards to who we are in our faith. He's saying that, that if we are healthy believers, that if we are healthy followers of Christ, if we've taken care of our own faith, that we've done the things that he's asked to do in faith, that we will bear this beautiful fruit, this good and righteous fruit. How many of you guys like fruit? How many of you guys eat apples, bananas? I don't know what fruit is actually because some of it I, I call a fruit and it's really not a fruit. You know? <laughs> But we like it, right? And we like it when it's ripe. We like it when it's good. We like it when it's tasty. You know, there's a story that a friend shared years back, and I'll never forget this story. He was in Israel, and he shared the story about how he was in this bookstore, and he was talking to this, this gentleman that was Jewish, and he asked him a simple question. He says, you know, you, you see all that's transpired in the Christian faith. You, you understand all that's going on in the world around you, yet you don't necessarily have a faith in Jesus Christ. And he asked the guy just a simple question. Why not? And the guy said something very interesting that I think as Christians we should pay attention to. That's reflective to what Jesus is saying here. The gentleman just responded by saying, I've tasted of that fruit and it's not good. See, that's a powerful statement for you and I to kind of think about. Because what Jesus is telling us here is it's not just by our words that we live out our faith, but it's by our actions. See, the dynamic of our faith and what we've, we've been given in this moment as we celebrate this season, as we look to the coming Messiah, is that our words have to be there, but also our actions have to speak louder than our words. Because if they're going to taste of this fruit, if they're going to come and visit, if they're going to come and see what this Christianity is all about, this, this Christmas celebration, if they're going to come and, and see, then we have to give them the good fruit. We have to be good representatives of the faith that we put our trust in. Our lives have to be a reflection of who Jesus says we are. See, in this season, you and I as Christians we should participate in our faith. See, it's one of the reasons why Jesus came. It's so that we would know how to live out our faith on a daily basis. And I think it's important for us to understand that as Christians, we should be participants in our faith. Well, let's pray and then we'll look at our passage and see what James says about all this. Father God, we thank you for this morning. We thank you for the love and grace Father, we thank you for the opportunity to gather together and open up your word. Father, our prayer this morning as we come together is that we would be vessels, Father. That as your word pours into us, Father, that we would pour out to others. Father, as you show us and teach us the things that you would have for us, Father, that we would share them, 
with the world around us. Father, you're such a good God and you're so faithful to us. And Father, as your children, as your church, we want to be faithful to you, faithful in all things. Lord, but we don't always know how to do that. And so this morning, we look to your word. We look to you, Father, and we ask that you would show us the things that you have for us. Show us the way you want us to live out this faith this morning. Father, teach us and guide us. And thank you, Father. Thank you for your son, Jesus Christ. Thank you that we get to celebrate this this amazing moment in history. You would send your son so that we could have life and life eternal. Lord, we love you, we praise you, and we look to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, in James chapter 2, starting in verse 14, we're going to read through 26 together. James says, what good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can that faith save him? If a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking in daily food, and one of you says to them, go in peace, be warmed and filled, without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. Do you want to be shown, you foolish person, that faith apart from works is useless? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered up his son Isaac on the altar? You see that faith was active along with his works and faith was completed by his works. And the scripture was fulfilled that says Abraham believed God and it was counted to him as righteousness. And he was called a friend of God. You see that a person is justified by works and not by faith alone. And in the same way was not also Rahab the prostitute justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out by another way. As for the body apart from the spirit, for as as the body apart from the spirit is dead, so also faith apart from works is dead. So I want to make something very clear this morning before we get into the heart of what James is saying here. It's not our good deeds that make us right before God. But rather, it's our faith in God that moves us towards being participants in the good works that God has created for us in Christ Jesus. Is everybody clear on that part? It's not the good things that we do that moves us into the dynamic of this salvation or this understanding of God's grace in our life. But by faith and in faith, it moves us to the good works, towards the good works that God has prepared for us beforehand in Christ Jesus. See, we, we participate to show our faith. If you look again at verse 14, he says, What good is it, my brothers, if someone says he has faith, but does not have works? Can that faith save him? See, what James is telling us here is that our participation is critical in fulfilling the work God created for us to do. See, it's important for us to realize that even Jesus came to do God's work. He was an active participant in the things that God asked him to do. He was fulfilling God's plan. 
John 17, verse 4, Jesus himself says, I glorified you on earth, having accomplished the work that you gave me to do. Did you catch that? Jesus says, I accomplished the work that you gave me to do. See, Jesus was an active participant in God's plan. He did what God sent him to do, and he did it willing. He trusted and believed in what God was doing, and he fulfilled it by actively participating in it. See, God sent his son to do for you and I what only he could do. No one else can do it. It had to be done, and Jesus knew this. I want to ask you this morning, do you have an understanding of what God is asking you to do in his kingdom? Do you have an understanding of of what role God has given you as a believer, as someone that has put their faith in Jesus Christ? Well, if you're not sure, I want to encourage you to take the steps to move towards a greater understanding of that. Because I want you to know this morning that, that your role in God's kingdom is critical. It's a critical to someone somewhere. And if you don't do what God has asked you to do, then others may not know who God is. Others may not have an experience with Christ. See, I'll tell you this morning that that God doesn't need us, but God wants us. (coughs) Excuse me. God doesn't need us to do these things because God will use someone to fulfill his purposes. But the beauty of that is that God wants us to be a part of it. God has invited us to be a part of it. God has given us this faith that we have, this belief, this understanding of who Jesus Christ is and why he sent his son so that we would move towards, <coughs> excuse me, I got a tickle in my throat. I apologize for that. <coughs> to move towards the good works, to believe and trust in him, believing and understanding that God has called us and that he is preparing us for something very specific. Now what that is, I I wish I had a simple answer for you. I wish I had the answer to say, hey, you know what, Floyd, this is what God wants you to do in your life and tomorrow and next week and three years from now, this is where you're going to be and this is what you're going to do for God and he's got it all mapped out for you. Well, that last part is true, but the reality is we don't know what tomorrow will bring. We don't know who we will encounter tomorrow. We don't know what person God will place in our lives that needs to hear of the hope and the faith and the love that Jesus Christ offers us. See, all we can do is put, oh, thank you, put our faith and our trust in Jesus and trust in the fact that God is at work in our lives. See, we participate to show others our faith. See, what we do in this life will show people that we really believe in what we say we believe in. See, if you profess a faith in God, then your life should be lived in a way that shows that you are actively participating in what you believe in. Would you agree with that? Or would you disagree with that? So I ask that question just simply because uh, many people will make the comment towards other Christians in saying, well, he says he's a Christian, but I don't really see it in his life. I don't see what the difference is because, you know, if you tell me that I need this Jesus, then you got to tell me and show me what the difference is. It's that whole, well, so what? (laughs) What's the difference? 
See, but when we're active participants in our faith, we'll show people what the difference is. Our lives will be an expression of that difference. You know, I have had a lot of people that I've been able to sit down with and have conversations about faith and Christ and all this other stuff that we talk about when it comes to, you know, the season of Christmas. And uh, one of the things that, that, that I get when I share about the life change that God has done and created in me and other believers is that, well, you know, this is just who I am. And I don't really want to change. I don't think I need the change. And I think that's a, a dynamic as Christians that we have to understand is that, that God wants to bring about that life change. He wants us to see what the before was so that he can move us to the after. He wants us to have a greater understanding of, of what it means to, to, to know about this faith, to understand this faith before we can move in faith. See, God is always at work in us before he'll work through us. See, there are many believers that say they have faith, yet they don't participate in their faith. They don't attend a worship service. They don't gather together as a church. See, the Bible teaches us very specifically that we're not to neglect the dynamic of gathering together as believers. It encourages the fact even that we should gather daily, whether it's house to house in a Bible study or in the temple. See, the Bible teaches us that, that God created this as a house of prayer. That as believers, we should come together and we should pray. We should open up his word. We should discover the things that he has for us. But, but many believers that say they have a faith don't really actively participate in that faith. See, there are many believers that have these amazing abilities, amazing talents and gifts. Yet they, they only use them for their own glory. Yet they use them only for their own selfish gain. Yet God has given them those gifts. He has given you those talents and those abilities. He has given you what you have today to be shared with others. To bless others, to encourage others. You know, I know that, that every person in this room has some type of special ability, some type of special gift. You know why I know that? Because the Bible tells me so. See, the Bible says that we are fearfully and wonderfully made. I mean, think about that for a moment. You are fearfully and wonderfully made. That you are so intricate, you are so special, that there is not another one of you out there. It's probably a good thing for me too, in the sense of not another Floyd out there. The world might be a little crazier. I mean, you are so special. You've been created with a special gift. And that gift was given to you, intended to be used by God. But you have to realize, come to a place that that gift has to be used and you have to be an active participant in your faith. You know, it's interesting because when we come to salvation, we think that, let me take a drink of this real quick for my throat starts coughing again. I apologize for that. But we think that when we come to faith, that's all there is to it. We just come and, hey, I gave my life to Jesus. I'm okay now. Yeah, you're, you're half right. 
But, but when you come to faith, there, there has to be this, and there should be, and there will be, if it's a true faith in God, there will be this activation of faith. There will be this light switch that just gets turned on, and you come to a place where you realize that your faith, your faith will move you to these good works, doing things for others, because now life isn't about you, life is about God. Life is about your relationship with God. Life is about others serving them, helping them, encouraging them. You know, this, this last week, my wife and I sat down with a couple that, that we're just getting to know. They don't, they don't come to our church, um, but they're on a journey. God has done some, some things in their life and orchestrated some moments in their life. And, and, and we had the privilege of being able to hear all of the brokenness that was going on in their lives. And I, and I say privilege because when people trust you with some of that stuff, you've got to see it as a privilege, as an honor. To be trusted with some of the deep, intimate things, the hurt, the brokenness that we have, to trust someone with that is, is a privilege and it's an honor. But as we sat there and we listened to all that was going on in their lives, my, my wife saw something and she felt something. And, and she felt broken, you know. And she even wept in that moment for this couple. And I saw something and I felt something in that moment. And one of the things that, that, I, that I realized is that not that I've got this great ability to counsel someone or to even have the right words in that moment to share with them because I, I had nothing. <laughs> All we could do was listen. But I, I did realize that, that God put me in their life for a reason. And even if it's just for a brief moment, even if it's just for a, a season, that I get the privilege to share the things that God has done in my life and help them wrestle through the things in their life. See, that's the beauty of an active faith. That's the beauty of when God flips that switch and he gives us his faith and he moves us towards the dynamic of an understanding of the hope, the faith, and the love that he offers. And it's not just for me. It's for every person that I encounter. Every person that God will bring into my life. See, we get that privilege and it's an honor in regards to our faith to be able to do that. See, we participate because of our faith. If you look at verses 17 through 19, he says, So also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. That's a pretty powerful statement right there. He's saying faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith apart from your works and I will show you my faith by my works. You believe that God is one. You do well. Even the demons believe and shudder. See, James is making it very clear that without that faith without action is no faith at all. It's not enough to just believe in God because even the demons believe. No, our faith, it has to move us. It has to take us to a place where we do the things that we need to do to ensure that others know Jesus. I truly believe that's what it's about. Jesus came so that we would know him. 
He imparted to us a faith and an understanding of who God is. And that faith that we've been given, the dynamic of that understanding was imparted to us so that we could help others know who he is. And there's that Christian cliche to know him and to make him known. That really is what it's about. See, we participate because of our faith. I want to ask you again, how are you participating in faith? What does it look like for you? See, we have to remember, to us, a Savior was born. To us, God dwelt with man. And when I say to us, I mean to you and to me. See, Jesus came for you. Jesus came for me. Jesus came for every man, woman, and child. A Savior was born. God in flesh. He dwelt among us. And even today, our Savior lives. He is alive. And he is waiting for that one day when he listens to God. And God says, it's time for you to go gather my people. See, the Advent season is a season of of celebration of the coming King the coming Messiah, the coming Savior. And for you and I, this season can be the same because we celebrate the dynamic that our Savior lives and he's coming again. And our responsibility is to gather up as many others as we can to help others know who this Jesus is. And if we really believe all of this, then we need to take the steps necessary to produce the good fruit because they're only going to listen to us if they taste that fruit and it tastes good. That's the only way they're going to hear our voices. If they see our actions that stand behind everything that we say. Well, you might be saying to yourself, well, how do I do this? Well, I'm going to offer you two very simple ways to do this. To live out a life of faith. To be faithful in what you believe. And the first one is simple. It's be a disciple. I think everybody knows what the term disciple means, but I'm going to just say it again. Disciple is a student. Disciple is someone that has a, has a desire to learn about God, to open up God's word and study the things that he has for you and I. See, a disciple is someone who works under a teacher, somebody who seeks to discover and learn from a teacher. I want to encourage you in that dynamic and understand this, that it's important for you to be a disciple and a discipler. There's two pieces to the equation because you cannot do this alone. You cannot be a disciple all by yourself. You can't isolate yourself and put yourself in a corner and say, well, I'm just going to be a disciple all alone and I'm not going to mess with all those other people. I'm going to just do this all by myself. No, you need to invite somebody in. You need to come together, whether it be a friend, a family member, and ask someone, hey, will you hang out with me? Will will you help me to grow in my faith? Will you walk down this path with me? And I'll tell you, as you hear the term discipler, don't, don't get fearful of that because that discipler doesn't mean that you have to have it all figured out, that you have to know it all. That discipler just means that you have to be willing to go on the journey with somebody else to learn as you go, to discover on the journey, to share the things that you do know, but also to share the things that you don't know. See, some of my greatest teachers that I've had in the past 
didn't have it all figured out. But they were willing to go on the journey. They were willing to take and do what it needed, needed to be done to ensure that not only I learned, but they learned. See, that's the beauty of discipleship. Acts 2.42 says, And they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching and the fellowship to the breaking of bread and the prayers. See, that's discipleship right there. See, devotion to learning and fellowship with other believers. I want to ask you, are you devoted to learning more about the word of God? Do you have a plan to ensure that you grow in your understanding of who God is and what he wants to do in and through you? Well, if you don't, tis the season. <laughs> tis the season to start. It's never too late. You know, I've got a, a gentleman that I, I have the privilege of discipling. We meet every other week, twice a month. And I, and I love being around this guy every time I meet because I learn more from him than he's learning from me. And it's simply for the fact that this guy has a hunger for God's word. And this is a gentleman that has never read the Bible until about a year ago. Never, never opened up the Bible, been to a church service, but never opened up the Bible or read it. He's reading it now and he is just on fire. He's just excited. He's learning, he's discovering, he's seeing. And even to the point where he's saying, man, now when I sit in a church service, I actually know what they're saying. <laughs> I get some of it. <laughs> wow. You know? But I'll be honest with you, Floyd, there's some of it that I don't like to hear. <laughs> I don't like it. But it's exciting, and we do it together. The other thing is that, that we need to be evangelistic. And evangelistic just means that we're proclaimers of the good news. That we have a proclamation that there's a Savior Jesus that came, and he died, and he rose again on the third day. That's what evangelistic is being. Just sharing your faith, sharing God's story in your life. How many of you know good storytellers? Do you know any good storytellers? We have people in our family that are good storytellers, right? They tell a story and they're funny and they get to the point and it's fun to listen to them and see them. We have a few in our family. I'm not one of them. I usually get long-winded and I end up telling a you know, two-year backstory and then by the time I get there, I've lost you. Kind of like now. But, <laughs> but there's good storytellers, right? Well, I want to tell you and encourage you, you can be a good storyteller because the best story that you have is your story. What God's doing in you, what God has done through you, how he's at work in your life. And it's just simply even saying, hey, you know what? I'm, I'm hurting right now. I'm going through a tough season in my life. Because you know, even as Christians, we go through tough moments, tough seasons. Even as Christians, yes, we do. We fall short. <laughs> we stumble. We question, we have doubts. But what we do is we just share those doubts with each other. We, we share what God is doing. And even in the moments when we, we don't feel God's presence, even in the moments when we feel like we're just hurting so bad that, that we don't want to get out of bed, share those moments with others. Help them to see that we're all human and that we're all in need of a savior. That Jesus came and we celebrate the birth because of the true meaning of this season and the significance of the life of Jesus Christ and how that plays into our own lives and how that tells a story 
about what God is doing and what he's done for you and I. And we do this by what Jesus says in Matthew 5, verse 14 through 16. He says, you are the light of the world. A city set on a hill cannot be hidden. Nor do people light a lamp and put it under a basket, but on a stand. And it gives light to all in the house. In the same way, let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. See, don't hide from the world. Be a light in this world. Let them know that God is offering them faith. He's offering them hope and he is offering them love. Give God the glory for all he is doing in your life and let the world know that they are part of this story. Well, I want to close with this. There are many reasons for the birth of Jesus Christ, but the most important of them all is that God wanted to show you and I his love. To me, that, that's the most important part of why Jesus was born, is that God revealed his love for you and I. He was willing to send his only begotten son to do something very specific, to be a participant in his plan for you and I, so that we might know God more, so that we may have a greater understanding of this love that was given to us through his son, Jesus, Jesus Christ. See, faith is important. But if we aren't living out our faith through the work of our Father in heaven, then people will never understand. They'll never truly understand the true meaning of Christmas and why you and I celebrate it. It's Jesus' birthday. Can we say happy birthday, Jesus? Happy birthday, Jesus. Yes. Are we so thankful that Jesus was born? on that faithful day? Do we have that understanding of why it's so important for us to be participants in what God is doing? See, tis the season to participate. What you and I do today will affect someone else's eternity. The way we live our life will be the difference maker of whether someone comes to faith or not. See, because remember, Jesus reminded us we are the light of this world and a light shouldn't be hidden. It shouldn't be covered. Our faith should be expressed. And we need to proclaim the goodness of Jesus Christ. We need to share this hope with the world around us. And I think the best way to do that is by simply loving somebody. Showing them that you care. Showing them that, that there is a God of hope. And we do that through our actions. We do that by showing them the good fruit of what God has produced in us the good deeds we are to do in companionship with our faith. See, just like breathing is a part of life, our works are a part of our faith. This morning, I want to encourage you, as you think about your role, as you think about what God is asking of you in this life, what God is moving you towards in regards to your role and your calling in his kingdom, I want you to think about it this way. I want you to think that it's life or death. If, if you don't do what God is asking you to do, it is literally life or death for some people. And I know that seems like a heavy burden to bear. Sounds like a, a heavy responsibility. But I, I believe that if you are faithful and you actively participate in what God's doing... See, the dynamic here is that it is not you that is giving life. 
but it is God that will give the life. God just wants you to be that light that points them to him. God just wants you to be that mediator, that messenger of the hope that he's offering the world around us. See, tis the season to be a participant in our faith. We have an opportunity. And the opportunity is right in front of us. As we look around us at our coworkers, at our family member, we have an opportunity. Let's participate. Let's pray together. Father God, we thank you so much for the love that you have for us. Thank you for the hope that you've given us through your son, Jesus Christ. Father, I pray this morning that uh, we would be reminded of our role in your kingdom. Father, the, the value that you've placed on every person here, including myself. Father, that as we see and gain an understanding of that role, that important aspect of of our participation in what you're doing, the good works that you want to do through us, Father, that in our hearts and in our minds, we, we would make ourselves right before you, Father, that we would come before you in faith, trusting and believing that Jesus Christ came, that he lived this life to, to model something so different, so opposite of this world, Father, that we would see that and gain an understanding of the hope that was given on that wonderful day that Jesus was born. Father, and that we would take that hope and we would apply it to our own lives. Father, that we would truly believe that Jesus came, that he died, and he rose again on the third day. Father, that we would believe in you, believe in your son. Father, that we would put our faith in you. And as we do that, Father, that that light switch would turn on, that our faith would move us to doing good works in your name. Father, that our faith would move us to, to loving the people around us, to encouraging them, to reminding them and pointing them to you, to be a light, a city set on a hill, a beacon in a dark world. Father, I know that, that you've called us. I know that you've brought us to this place in this moment, in this time, so that we would gain a greater understanding of why we celebrate the Messiah. Why we're so grateful and so thankful that you gave your only begotten son that whoever would believe in him might not perish but have eternal life. Father, remind us of these things. Help us to see the same value in ourselves as you see in us. Help us to know that, that we have been fearfully and wonderfully made by your hand, Father, and that you've created us for your good works. Father, we give you glory. We look to you and we trust and believe in Jesus' name. Amen. Thank you for listening, and we pray you were blessed by today's message. You're invited to worship with us Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. For directions and information about Soul Rio and our weekly events, please visit our website at soulrio.com. You may also contact us by phone at area code 505 792 8737 or email us at info at At Soul Rio, we're a community of followers of Jesus Christ, committed to live by faith, to be known by love, and to be a voice of hope to our community. We invite you to go with us on this journey.